0: Welcome back to Out of the Rough, a fantasy golf podcast brought to you by We know Fantasy. Of course, my name is Nate with We know Fantasy, and I, as I am joined every week today, I have Lenny here with me. Lenny, how are we?
1: Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. How about yourself?
0: Man, it was a fun Masters that we saw. Some people were kind of, you know, not in, too into it because there's no Sunday drama, but a great story there with uh, Matt Chihuahua. Uh, finishing or winning that and it was just a great week of golf all around and i did win some money so that helped me out with my uh, mood as well but also here we have sean sean how we doing man
2: good i'm doing good excited after this weekend too golf about to kick off for the season so i'm good
0: yeah first master of the season behind us so we have a lot more to look forward to and you know even though we are in between masters here we have a great run of of uh, tournaments happening, so there's gonna be some great golf happening and some big names going at it. You know, we saw Dustin Johnson miss the cut, so he'll be back out there more than usual. And, and players of that nature, you know, not some players didn't do so hot. They're just trying to get their games back to go back together before the the majors hit. So it's gonna be fun coming forward. Before we move forward, be sure to follow the show at Out of the Rough WKA on both Twitter. And Instagram you can follow we know fantasy at we know fantasy on Twitter Instagram Facebook visit our website we know for conference more fantasy sports content including golf basketball baseball football NASCAR you name it we have you covered and at the time of listening to this as every week moving forward uh, for most weeks you can check out uh, Lenny and Sean's episode of breakfast ball they basically get together have a Sunday night chat about the upcoming tournament, talk about some players and you know and when the majors happen and bigger tournaments. Price or prices will be dropped Sunday opposed to Monday for DFS and you know just kind of a sit down chill type of talk thing. Uh, wake up in the morning, you know, going into work or having a cup of coffee at home. Put on this uh, podcast and you know really get a, a a head start on the competition when it comes to fantasy golf. Of course, guys, last week we had the Masters, of course, at Augusta National. So, I guess we can go through our results of the favorites we had. And again, this is our third week. So, last week was our second week of doing uh, our favorites by price range opposed to just generally speaking, our favorites. So, I think last week we had 10,000 plus, 9,000 to 9,900, 8,000 to 8,900, 7,000 to 7,900, and 7,000 below. And that will be the format for every podcast moving forward in terms of our favorites. So, let's go through that. Sean, who was your favorites last week and how did they do? Uh, last week
2: I had a few that highlighted out of uh, my list. Jordan Spieth was the top guy that came through for me. Um, huge week for him, obviously coming out, um, tied for third there. John Rahm was also on my list, uh, tied for fifth. Um, Victor Hovland tied for 21st. Tommy Fleetwood came in at tied for 46th. Um, Phil Mickelson, I thought had a really good tournament, kind of had a, sh- a shifty first two days. Uh, but then in the last two days, uh, he definitely made some moves. He came in and tied for twenty-first, and then uh, Matt Jones came in at a uh, tied for twenty-six. So not a terrible lineup, uh, but I did not make any money this week; uh, just fell out short of it. But uh, not terrible to see those guys make some some decent moves at the leaderboard.
0: Yeah, it was good to see Speef have a great week. Uh, like you said, kind of had a few shots that kind of took him out of it. Besides. You know, some of those few aired shots off the tee would have been there for uh, contention for a title for what would be a second green jacket. But uh, that's neither here nor there. So, uh, Lenny, how did we do last week in terms of your favorites?
1: In terms of my favorites, I'd say we did pretty well. Um, Rom kind of backdoored himself into a T5. Tony Fino at T10. I can't remember if I took Cam Smith or Matt Fitzpatrick. I was high on both of them. Either way, Cam Smith were the top 10, Brian Harmon were the T12, so I mean, all of those guys did really well for me. The only problem is I was also pretty high on uh, Jason Day, and uh, things didn't go too well for him, he missed the cut, so, you know, for the most part, I, I had uh, some pretty good lineups, I comboed a lot of Ram and Matsuyama and Ram and so... Say so we, we had a pretty successful week.
0: Yeah, I already alluded to the fact that I won some money this week. So uh, for my favorites, and these guys were also all featured in my TFS result, or lineup last week, my main one that we, we talked about on the show, not really on the show, ignore what I said there. So I had Justin Thomas, who had a T21, was really high on him. Uh, didn't perform too well. I picked him in the one and done. So really uh, got me in a hole there. Webb Simpson had a T12. Victor Hovland there with Sean had a T21, Matt Walls with a T24. But my uh, my ringer of the week was my Will Zalatoris and his taunt performance at Augusta with a second overall. Man, this kid is something special. It's going to be fun to watch him for years to come. And if you haven't followed this podcast since the start, I've been high on Will Zalatoris since the start. Uh, it just, it's just great to see him here and in, into contention. And, you know, this guy plays a lot of golf, too. We're going to see him week in and week out. For the rest of the season so that's something to look forward to as well so i talked to a little bit about this sean how did your dfs uh lineup go i know uh Lenny talked a little about his there winning some money and you said you just missed out on the money there anything uh notable big performances out of you there
2: no no there's uh nothing uh nothing crazy for the fantasy world and in terms of money for the masters i just enjoyed watching all i
0: could all right perfect yeah so that was that last week was the master so we got a little bit of a master's hangover here as you can say but we have a decent field here for the rbc heritage at harbortown golf links so let's kick it off guys i'm gonna give you a little rundown about the course a little bit about it then we'll move on to our favorite for the week so harbortown golf links pete die design course we recently saw the field play, the players at TBC Sawgrass, and the WGC match play at Austin Country Club, both of which are Pete Dye uh, design courses, similar to what we'll see this week. In terms of uh, off the tee work, it's not that important this week, surprisingly enough. Driving really isn't the key here. What is the key is uh, strokes gained approach and strokes gained putting. Uh, we have a rather short 7,100-yard uh, course on the par 71. So historically speaking here, shot gained around the green is valued more than, you know, among the top 10 finishers than strokes gained off the tee. A little bit different here. This, uh, you know, usually around the green, isn't really a stat that helps produce top 10 or winners, but here it really does as they have small Bermuda greens. So putting, of course, will be of importance, but the field only hits 58% of greens in regulation. So this makes it one of the lowest courses in terms of that on the tour. This is where shots gain approach and around the green really pay off because you got to play those angles correctly, got to play those greens even without being on the green before you even get up there. So we'll see a lot of uh, you know good ball strikers and short game guys have some success this week. Hitting the fairways is not always the best option, as odd as that sounds, because some of the uh, rough play can really set you up better than hitting the fairway can, uh, at at this course. Last year's tournament was one of the first back after the COVID-19 break. So we saw a big field uh, for this tournament last year. We won't see that again because usually this is the event that follows the Masters. This is a bigger field than we're used to at this event, but it's still uh, on the smaller side. So this field is highlighted by world number one, Dustin Johnson, who's freshed off and miscut the Masters. Webb Simpson is last year's winner. And those two open up as the betting favorites. Other notable names include Kalamar Kawal Patrick Kentley, Tyrell Hatton, Sunjayim, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Cameron Smith, Abe Anser, Will Zal-Torres, uh, talked about him already, Daniel Berger, Paul Casey, Tommy Fleetwood, Corey Connors, Brian Harmon, and Sergio Garcia, just to name a few. All right, uh, Lenny, anything else there to add about the course?
1: Uh, I mean, like you said, it's a peat-dye design, so it'll play similar to a lot of the peat-dye courses that we've seen. Uh, small green so your second shot's gonna be very important playing that a good angle into the greens getting yourself onto the green and then yeah i think this is one of the few places where you might be able to take the around the green game and putting a little bit more into consideration than we would normally and i for me personally i'm kind of ignoring some of the driving stats this week um It could help me. It could hurt me. I guess we'll see how it plays out.
0: Well, luckily we don't have any uh, Bryson and Chambo here to bring that into contention. But yeah, there's something about this course also that brings the average driving distance down opposed to other courses. I think I saw something. I think it's like 263 is the average driving distance at this course when the tour is usually around 280 ish, um, give or take. So there's that to consideration as well. Uh, Sean, any other tip bits here you want to add?
2: No, as usual, you guys cover the course pretty well, so there's nothing that I have to to say more.
0: I mean, I I, I have to ask you, because I feel like if I don't ask you one time, you're going to have some bit of information you really want to put out there, and we just skip over you, and I'm going to look like the asshole... (laughs)
2: <laughs> one of these days I'm going to surprise you, though, so just keep doing it, and I'm just not going to tell you.
0: <laughs> All right, that's something to look forward to for our fans. A little Easter egg when Sean pops up here on the, sh- on the course information. But speaking of Sean, how about you kick us off here? Who's your $10,000-plus uh, DFS play that you like this week?
2: Uh, you just said his name when you were going through the top, guys. Uh, but Webb Simpson, I think to me, he kind of sticks out here as one of the top guys I'm looking at to create a lineup with. I think there's some some guys in this range that are worth the money, but to me, he's worth every bit of the 10-7 that he's coming in for. Uh, he's had four top 10s, 10 out of 11 cuts made. He just took a tied for 12th at the Masters last week. Um, and again, he was the winner here last year, tied for 16th and 19th. Um, in 2018, he came in tied for 5th, and in 2017, he was tied for 11th. So uh, he has a really good uh, excuse me history here, so... Uh, I, I, he's definitely somebody that I'm picking right off the bat at that 10 range.
0: Yeah, I know this course was also played at a different time, like somewhere last year in terms of scheduling, but he won it like minus 22 last year, where the, the, the score is usually around like a minus 13 to 14 range. So plays this course extremely well. Uh, so let's go Lenny. Who's your 10,000 plus dollar play that you really have an eye on this week?
1: Yeah, before I get into that, on web, though, I was looking up uh, some web stats. On the Pete die courses, if you're someone who's a big believer on kind of, you know, the course design and um, how all the courses are going to be playing, how a lot of the die courses are, similar. Webb, he missed the cut at the players, but prior to that, he went first, 16, 16, fifth, and first in his last five at it. Pete Dye design course so I think that's a really good pick and he's got the course history however for my pick I'm going to go with Daniel Berger this week he's on the low end of this he's exactly 10,000 I think you know the missed cut at the Masters might be a good thing for him he had that rib injury he looked like he was back healthy how he played at the match play Um, but I mean kind of having a few extra days off isn't going to hurt him um, he missed the cut earlier this year And what do you know, he came back to win the following week I'm hoping that he can kind of replicate that And he's played well here before He won at Pebble Beach Which I think is kind of a course It's going to play similar to this Where it's got the small greens approach is going to be important So there's a lot of things I'm liking about Daniel Berger this week
0: Yeah, if you know me You know I'm a Daniel Berger guy So I can't argue with you there my play this week, I'm going with the fourth most expensive play, and I've been all over this guy all season as well, Colin Marikawa. I picked him when he won the workday WGC event there, and like I said, only Dustin Johnson, Cantley, and Whips and Simpson are more expensive than him this week. Uh, I, I don't see myself making a lineup without Marikawa in it. This is a guy I'm hedging across all formats. He, Like I said, he won the WGC work play at the concession, which typically is not a Pete Dye design course, but he had an influence on that with Jack Nicklaus, and and he's tops in the tour in shots gained approach, as we talked about the importance of that. So, And he's also leading that statistic by a decent margin over the likes of Justin Thomas and Justin Sue, who are uh, behind him. But if you know me, I love my statistics, and Colin Kawa Mar- Mar- checks all the boxes off in terms of stats for this course. So that's who I'm going with this week. All right, John, let's move forward. 9000 to 9900 price range. Uh, we might have an overlap here if you guys know me, but, John, who's your play here?
2: And I'm going to go with somebody who you've also previously mentioned, um, but uh, it would be uh, Will Zalatoris. So I'm going to be riding that train as well as whatever train that you'll be riding if you take him as well. Sounds like the intro you might be. Um, but the kid just has a, a swagger to him, just the way that he finished at the Masters, the way that he's been playing this year. I have never heard of him up until this point. Um, but I'm going to g- probably get a tattoo of him somewhere because this guy is uh, playing Unreal. So I'm going to take Will Zalatoris. Um, he's definitely somebody that is uh, on my radar for the next events too.
0: So what kind of bet do we need to hedge against you to uh, to possibly get a Will Zalatoris tattoo, Sean?
2: A pretty decent one. We would have to think about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe next week we'll come at you with, with the details. But uh, yeah, I'm going to skip... Lenny here real quick. Cause I too have Will Zalatoris. Like I said, I play him a lot and I have played him a lot across the, this whole season. He just plays weekly. So if you think the fatigue for the masters is going to settle in, I don't think that's it. Cause he's played like 40 some rounds in this scoring season thus far. And there's, there's not a chance this, this is really going to affect him. I think it's going to help him because this kid just took second at the masters in his first ever, uh, time playing there i mean he's played the course before but in a professional setting he's not the masters um he's having a blast doing it you know and he just that performance at the masters just really got him a boost and following and and a fanfare and everything with that's going to come with it so like like sean said he used the word swagger i like that i like how he plays the game confident and just goes out there and does what he does and just having fun doing it so i mean will's out is my play as well
1: Oh, Will. Do we know if he's ever caddied here before?
0: I can't confirm nor deny that.
1: My pick, I'm going with Paul Casey, 9,200. I just think he's the best golfer in this range. Um, Been playing great. I think six out of his last seven, he's got like a top 12 in. Got a fifth at Pebble. Like I said, I'm really kind of relying on some of the previous course history outside of this course this week. I mean, he's just been playing great golf similar to a lot of these guys in this range. I know I said yesterday about Corey Connors. If he's in the low nine thousands, I'll probably be rostering him. I'm not saying I'm not going to roster him. But I don't think he should be higher than Paul Casey here. I don't think Hatton should be higher than Casey. I don't think Zalator should be higher than Casey. I just think he's the best golfer in this range, so that's why I'm picking him.
0: All right, that's a pretty bold take there, and pretty uh, a pretty big sense of confidence coming out of Lenny there. So we'll see how uh, that pays for him uh, this week. So next price range here, guys: eight thousand through eight thousand nine hundred. Uh, Sean, again, who do you have here and, and why?
2: Uh, I'm going to go with Matt Kuchar at this listing. Um, he's at eight uh, 8,000 even. Um, he might be an interesting one for you just because of some of the statistics that he brings into it, but based off of how the course is going to play and how you want to play the course, he kind of fits the mold of that, of that feel. Um, he also has a pretty good history here. In 2019, he came in second, just losing by a stroke, uh, and in 2014, he came in first. Uh, both times, he shot uh, a total of 273 strokes, which is just around the average of the winners. So, you know, he ha- he does have a consistency here. I think he's coming in at a low end of this price range. So to me, he stands out at that 8,000 range.
0: Yeah, I can't argue with you at 8,000 for Kucher. So I'll just move on here, Lenny. Who do you got?
1: I'm like you guys, repeatedly playing Taurus. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride Abe Answer once again. I think if you just look at the previous winners, Answer is kinda of right in the mold of a lot of these guys where they're not bombers and Abe's kind of towards the bottom in driving distance, but his driving accuracy is second on the PGA tour. He's a really good approach player. He's a decent putter and he's okay around the greens. He hasn't anything special around there. But I think the second shot courses where really accuracy is going to be key are going to really kind of fit uh, Abe Answer's play. So I think Answer at 8 9 is going to be a good play this week.
0: Yeah, I'm an Answer guy. So again, we're we're, we're getting to the point where we're seeing some trends amongst our picks here. So I like that a lot. But I'm going Kevin Nah here. Uh, I talked about the importance of strokes gained around the green there's pretty much no one better than not nah. technically. You could see some statistics that present a better number than what not nah provo- uh, provides. But in terms of just the amount of rounds he has played that have counted towards the scoring, he's the best there is. He plays these angles correctly, plays them well. And if, if anything last week showed us just, just you, you, you could be somewhat, you know, undisciplined on the green, but as long as you play those sh- shots uh, correctly, around the green and from the approach you're in good you're in good standing so i think that's what nod does here well puts the ball where it needs to be on the green and not force himself to make long putts or or difficult putts i think he just places the ball there and gets his gets his nice putts in there and really has a great week all right guys
1: i was gonna say a guy in this range lee westwood i'm not gonna be picking him this week but I'm just kind of wondering what your guys' thoughts are on him. After going back-to-back second-place finishes, he's now got back-to-back missed cuts. Is he anyone you're going to consider at all playing?
0: I mean, I, I mean, I, I might mess around and put him in a, in, a, in a lineup, but like you said, he had those two straight second places. They kind of came out of nowhere. He is 47 years old. And he kind of played four events there. Real like back to back to back to back essentially, so I'm not sure if fatigue really came into that or you know like he came down to the players and kind of faltered a bit, and after that he kind of just just uh kind of let it go and and missed the two cuts after that so I, I think fatigue and whatnot had something to do with that, so I think this is a nice set to uh to regroup and have another good week here
1: yeah he's just kind of to go back-to-back second place finishes and then back-to-back missed cuts is just one of those things where it's i don't know it's it's something that's interesting like i don't know if it's someone i want to look at because i think his ownership will be low and he's proven within the last month he's been able to play great golf It's just kind of a question i wanted to ponder see where you guys are at on him
0: yeah always uh up for those type of questions so let's step forward two more price ranges to go we have the all important seven thousand two thousand seven thousand nine hundred, and Sean as usual take us away.
2: I'm gonna go with Kevin Kisner here, coming in at seven. Oh, I love seven. that one, Kevin Kisner. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a pretty big name in the past history for the leaderboard. Um, 2015, he came in second, um, and uh, you know he he's somebody that fits the mold again of of this course I think he, he kind of is a grinder and he, he likes the challenge of attacking the course so if this is going to be something that's a little more challenging and not so up to the norm of playing big drives into the fairway and, and trying to in some ways like you said go for the rough or go for some of those interesting plays I think he's definitely somebody that can can attack it and with that second here obviously you know it was in 2015 but uh, it, you know he does have the history here where he can he can show some numbers so uh, at 7-7, seven, seven, I'm going Kevin Kisner.
0: Kisner is also good on the green, which is important this week. So that's also something worth noting. Uh, Lenny, who's your play here?
1: I No surprise. I'm going to go Chris Kirk this week. Um, same thing with answer. You know, not, not a bomber off the tee. Not anything special when it comes to off the tee. But his approach game is great. Around the green, he's one of the best on tour. Solid putter. I mean, he's got five straight cuts, three top twenties in that time, playing good golf, and it's he's got a great story. Someone that you know really kind of want to root for. And so at seven five, I'm going to be going with Chris Kirk this week.
0: All right, all right, and I'm going Brandon Todd at that seven thousand three hundred price range. I guess it's not a range; it's just actual price. But he is one of the best putters on tour. Again, small greens and, and uh, just playing this well. You need to be able to putt well here at this tournament, and he's also not that bad when in terms of shots gained to pro or shots gained around the green. Excuse me, he's 40, uh, top forty golfer in that as well. So he puts the ball where it needs to be and also can putt. Love that combination here. Thinks it sets him up for a great uh, possible weekend run, hopefully. And we're here at the seven thousand three hundred price range, which you can't argue with when you're finding one of the best putters on the tour.
1: Do you? Do you have kind of a bad feeling that Aaron Wise is sitting there right above him at 7-3 and you're not going Wise this week?
0: If you guys know me, you know I love Aaron (laughs) Wise. (laughs) Again, uh, a few years ago, he made me a boatload of money, and after that really let me down and lost me a lot of money. So kind of a love-hate relationship with the old Aaron Wise, but I'm going Todd this week. Maybe maybe I'll get bold again here on the podcast and take Aaron Wise in the future, but... For now, let's just lay low and uh, kind of avoid that name.
1: I mean, we we all have those guys. So, I just saw when I'm looking at all of the players here, just happened to be the Todd and Wise are showing back to back for me, so I, I had to ask.
0: <clears throat> yeah, when I was scrolling through DFS to figure out how I was going to play, I did see that as well, and and kind of just uh, put him put him above the the vu- viewing line on my phone, so I couldn't see that name. <laughs> All right, Sean, the all-important minus, or minus, yeah, below $7,000 range. This is where the money is made in DFS and those big tournaments. Got to hit here. Who's your guy?
2: I'm taking a big leap of faith, uh, and, and you gave a range of 7000 and under, and I'm going to take the under, obviously, on this one with Luke Donald. Um, and you might be asking who. That is. um, He's coming in at $6,000 this week. Uh, But the reason I'm taking him, because it is such a leap of faith, uh, he's got quite the history here. Uh, 2009, well, dating back to 2009, I should say, he's got a second place. Uh, 2011, he's got a second place. 2014, 2016, and 2017, all second places. So um, from the time that I left high school to now, he's got a lot of second places at this course. And so I'm definitely going to be uh, looking at him, seeing if I can find ways to use him in my lineup so I can fit some of the higher end guys in there as well, especially since he's at that 6,000 range. So it might be a
0: steal. Yeah, that's another important thing here about these these players on this range you need to get them in here not only to hit big for you know the low ownership of amounts and and defense play but you also need to hit them so you can fit some of the better names or bigger names excuse me into this lineup as well so uh, Lenny who's your who's your uh, underdog play of the week
1: you know there's some guys that have been fairly well to me in this range there's Chase Cypher in here I love Ben on you know scrolling through Richie Wierenski a lot of guys that I do like. I I think I'm going to have to just keep riding Chase Seifert, though. Um, you know, he's played well lately, playing some great ball Four straight cuts made. Had a great finish at the Amex. So I think I'm just going to keep kind of riding Chase Seifert, um, at least until his price range goes up. And he's currently at 6.7. I mean, down in this range... You know, you you have a third, a fifteenth, and an eighteenth, and three of your last four. That is good enough for me to play you.
0: Yeah, no argument for me there. I'm gonna go with the Gim Reaper, Doug Gim, six thousand nine hundred here. Like I said, this is close to the seven thousand range, but you know, I don't know how to put this nicely. But Gim is not good on uh, not good at putting, and I just preached about how you need to be good at putting at this tournament but his his game is, is is rather well outside of putting of course uh at the at the Valero he gained what was it eight or uh, no his gain of approach in eight consecutive events uh and the last time we saw him at the Valero despite that sev- uh, T44 finish was actually 7th in field T to green so he is doing it to get to the green he's extremely talented he, he can do it just a matter of he dropped 7.5 strokes on the green at the Valero that's going to put you at 44th he was in contention with the players going to the final day and then just really fell apart and had some atrocious holes that really took out a competition but I'm just hoping that he gets to the green gets you know leads to field and green to regulation and, and just gets the green and finally has some luck gets some balls to fall where he normally wouldn't on the green and uh, from there, have maybe a confident boost to hit a few more putts that normally he'd miss and, and really ride this thing. And like you said, under 7,000, you're really taking the swing with the fence anyways. So I'm hoping uh, I, I connect here on a, on a fastball and hit one out of the park.
1: Ooh, multi-sport reference.
0: Yeah, I love sports. Even though the Phillies game was postponed today, so I've just been twiddling my thumbs. Anyhow, guys, so that's it for our favorites. Let's move on to the one and done uh, segment of the podcast. Let's see. Last week, Sean had Jordan Speef. He won sixty six thousand six hundred six hundred and sixty seven thousand Don't know why that was so hard to say. Lenny had John Rahm, who won $437,000. Of course, I had Justin Thomas, who only won 109, 119600 I say that only like that guy doesn't make uh, my my yearly earning in one day or four days I guess but anyhow uh, yeah so standings are through two weeks Sean is leading with one million five hundred and six thousand and three hundred dollars Lenny's in second at five hundred two thousand two hundred eighty five and I'm I bring up the rear here I'm coming guys one hundred fifty five thousand six hundred thirty six dollars so. As we do this, if you basically the rules are you can only pick one golfer once for the entire season then after unless they win and if they win, you can use them again and if they win again you keep using them. If they don't win, they're done for the season and uh, that's why it's called one and done. Uh, and we go off uh, match earnings so you know majors and whatnot are valued more than some of these smaller tournaments. so we don't just go off placing. So we also go in reverse order so I get first pick because I'm in last still. so what am I gonna do here? Man, um, man, I, 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 do I need to catch up with you guys? I think so. So I'm just going to go just throw a big name out here. Colin Love this guy. I, I think he has a great chance to win. You know, he won the match day and has been playing some great golf. Uh, he would we'll see, I think he finished up minus one at the, at the masters as well. So made the cut there. Didn't, you know, wasn't one of the big names really competing for the title there, but had a decent outing. So. I, I'm trying to play a little catch-up here. and may come back to bite me later on in the season, but I'm going to call him Arikawa. So that means, uh, Lenny, you're up. Who's your pick?
1: Uh, I want to defer to Sean. I want to see who Sean picks before I
0: go. That's not how the rules go.
1: That's how, it, that's how I want it to go.
0: But uh, Sean and... is current leader, man.
1: I want to make it a bit more of a challenge. Uh, I'm, I'm more curious because I have two guys in mind who I think Sean also has in mind, and I want to allow him to make that incorrect. Well,
0: Sean right. has to agree as a rightful ahead, heir to The last pick. <laughs> go ahead, OJ. Tell me who you'd
2: like.
1: All right, I'll go Webb. I'll go Webb Simpson this week.
2: Well, you were right with him being on my list. Obviously, I mentioned him earlier, but he is—he uh, was high on my list. Somebody I was thinking about taking this week. Um, I also had two other guys listed on there, but uh, I'm not sure if I want to take one of them. I'm going to go a little off kilter. Somebody I haven't mentioned. I don't think he was really mentioned yet. Uh, Corey Connors. I'm going to go with him.
0: Hey, decent pick there. I like that. All right, guys. So that's it for the RPC Heritage of course, that kicks off here Thursday. <clears throat> next, next week, we have what? The Zurich Classic at TPC at Louisiana. And then. We'll have to we see
1: if there's a DFS for it. Not sure if there will be next week.
0: Why is that? It's a team event. Ooh, team event. So we'll have to figure out a podcast uh, <clears throat> when it comes to that. We're only, let's see, the next major comes to PJ Championship end of May, so we're pr- quickly approaching that. But again, guys, uh, be sure to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Out of the Rough WK. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. And until next time, guys, we'll see you.